everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about wilted flowers, evil books, and a whole lot of people talking a whole lot of stuff without having anything to say. Hmm. I am Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Beth, I'm just having a lot of a lot of feelings. I'm having a lot of feelings and I'm, I'm stressed. And let me tell you about all the reasons that I'm having feelings and stress, but I'm going to hide them inside of myself. But then I'm going to tell you what they are and then they're going to be resolved immediately. Amazing. I thought we had the Frozen storyline in season four. Why are we doing all the concealed don't feels? But, oh, no, we're doing the opposite, aren't we? It's yeah, We're feeling, not concealing. Yes. <laughs> no but we're not letting it go. <laughs> no. I just, I love it. I One of my favorite lines in the episode is Hook being like, why are you acting so strange? You haven't slept since you got here. Hook, that informed your first part. <laughs> she hasn't slept since she got here. She's going to start acting a little loopy. Let's, you know. <laughs> the loopy for the three minutes we see her on screen with her incredible hair. Uh, this is season five, episode 17, Her Handsome Hero. Uh, this was directed by Romeo Tyrone, who's directed a few episodes, and written by Jerome Schwartz, whose work I'm not super familiar with on Once Upon a Time. And that probably uh, explains a lot, because this episode is a mess. This, there was no characterization in anything that was happening. These were just people saying lines. This, yep. This, was, this, this episode was not painful, but it was, it was a little tough. It was a little tough. A little hard to chew on. Yeah, it was. It, it felt like a little. It was like gristle. This episode was a bit of gristle. This episode is when you have that like firm piece of something in something that's not that firm in your mouth, and mm-hmm. you're like, hmm. You're yeah. alarmed, but you're not gonna stop chewing. <laughs> you're pretty sure it's not one of your own teeth, so it's probably fine. So we're just not gonna worry about it. <laughs> So yeah, let's go ahead and dive into this episode. We're going to start in the past with Belle, our our beautiful heroine, and her handsome hero, Gaston. This is their first meeting. This is their uh, how they first came into each other's lives through the arranged marriage. And it's, um, yeah, it, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> first thing we're going to start fun. with is by... Fun, yes. Uh, just as a, just as to be honest for everybody, we already recorded this intro already. We went like ten minutes in, and then my internet crapped out so badly we had to stop taping and start over again. So we're already tired of this episode, not yeah. the podcast. We're tired of this episode once upon a time. And you know what? Just because I, do, I, I just want to make sure we didn't miss any important stuff because we did just barrel forward here. I want to make sure we didn't miss anything. I would like to point out uh, that. Beth had a very wonderful point earlier in the the lost time, is that Belle has been gaslit by every man she's ever met. She has the bar is in hell. For, the, the the bar for Belle's standards for men is literally in the underworld. It probably has unfinished business, and she can find it in a couple of episodes. That's how low the bar is for her. No, for, no, but see, if she found it, that means she would move on from the gaslighting men in her life. And we we both know that's never going to happen. We couldn't possibly have that. 
No. But yes, like, we kind of learn where Belle gets it from. Like, why she's with Rumple in the first place. Because her dad gaslights and shames her. Gaston gaslights her. Like, every man in her life treats her like garbage. I... And somehow, somehow, he gets 30 seconds of screen time, and I hate her dad the most. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. he basically blames her for the ogre wars. Like, one prisoner of war gets away a child who they abused and is probably against Geneva Convention of some sort. I assume there's some sort of, like, enchanted forest, you know, war crime council somewhere. And he's just like, this is all your fault. So I will ship you to a marriage with a man that you hate. It's like, sir, get it together. (laughs) Sir, this is a Wendy's. Yes, sir, this is a Wendy's. I, how, in in a room full of people who are not doing anything, he finds a way to blame the nearest woman to him for a problem that's already happening. Yeah, it reminds, so... It reminds me of there's a Rankin Bass Christmas special, the one that Tim introduced me to. It's based on the night before Christmas. And the whole thing is about how Santa like announces that he's not going to visit. He, he, he's going to ignore a town. Uh, and, and, and he sent all their letters back because there was one mouse who's basically the film, the show's version of an atheist who like writes that he a, a letter to the editor saying that he thinks Santa is a myth. And so Santa gets pissed and dooms the entire town. And at one point, the dad tells the son, who's a child, here's how you ruined everyone's Christmas with your opinions. <laughs> when was this made? This was made in the it was like 60s, 70s. Oh, it's informed yeah. so much about Gen X. So... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and probably probably us as millennials, because that's that is such a common sentiment and so much storyline that happens. Look what you did and you've ruined it for literally everyone. You yeah. know how you were a child and like that's why John Hughes, by the way, blew up as like he made these wonderful movies because he made teenagers people. Quite the crazy thought. Right. And he was just like, Yeah, they're people with feelings and complex emotions and 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 feelings and drama that that should be explored and that they struggle with and everyone went wow this is groundbreaking stuff yeah it would have been nice if we got that in this episode yeah no 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 one has any complex feelings or emotions um and we'll get into it i just love that we finally found out that bell is bell is so into her books that she does truly believe she's the main character of all of this because she finds a book and goes oh my god I know what his unfinished business is. He's still in love with me. <laughs> and he's, she's so violently wrong about it. And it's my favorite. Like that is, that is a 13 year old girl who didn't put down books. It's me. He's doing this because he loves me. Oh no, he's trying to kill me. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and travel back to the enchanted forest. And long, long ago, uh, Maurice, uh, Belle's daddy, is uh, chilling in the stables and Belle comes in and you occasionally get shots of Belle from a distance. Like they do the pregnancy shots a lot, but then occasionally you'll see a wide shot and it's like, oh boy, she's like, she was seven months pregnant at the time. Like good for her. Good for her. For filming a starring episode while seven months pregnant. Like that's, that is no easy feat. Uh, and apparently, like, I, I read a behind-the-scenes thing that apparently she really wanted to, like, ride a horse in the episode because everyone else got to ride horses, but they're like, you're seven months pregnant. We're not letting you ride a horse. 
See, everyone's real impressed about Rihanna doing the Super Bowl. Belle's out here, pregnant, doing a whole episode, trying to ride horses. And saving and saving ogres. And saving ogres, uh, but not not quite. Also not listening. We'll get into it. <laughs> She's bad at listening. Belle, stay there. Okay, leaves. Yeah. Belle, uh, here, be quiet. I'm going to go. I'm hunting rabbits. Gaston! <laughs> Where are you? Are you? <laughs> I'm going to make a bunch of loud clapping noises. <laughs> Hello? Follow the sound of my voice. I'm- All right. So Maurice tells Belle that um, he's going he's going to have her meet a potential suitor um, named Gaston, who is the they call him a son of a lord. But then it turns out he's also a prince and he's going to become king or he has lands. It's very unclear. It doesn't matter anyway because he's dead. So she's like, be my queen. And I'm like, you're queen. Regina will not stand for this. Yeah, I am pretty sure like none of this is true. And she's she's mad because she's like, you're trying to pawn me off. I don't I I'm I'm not a prize to be won. And and he's like, I just want you to meet the guy. God, because she's pissed because he has he's rumored to be a ladies man. He loves the hunt for 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 both uh, animal and woman conquests. And we and Gaston, like, gives a very bad excuse later for why that's not true, and I don't believe him. Oh, no. Like, I didn't believe him when he said it at first, when I was like, oh, did they make Gaston good? And then and then I remembered what happened at the end of the episode. So I was like, yeah, he's 100% lying. Like, this whole time, he is just trying to, like... We talked about it last episode where, like, Hades doesn't know how to talk to women, so he's, like, doing the pickup artist stuff, and he's, like, a full, like, Andrew Chait incel about the whole thing. I feel like... Gaston's characterization is more of the traditional jock who knows how to talk to a woman and to not scare her. But, like, the moment she comes at him with, like, books, he's like, oh, I know exactly what to do. I'm going to read the hell out of this book. I'm going to read these books. I'm going to love this book. It's the the Pride and Prejudice from You Got Mail. Is I hate this book, but I'm going to read it because she's so pretty. I... I agree and disagree, and I'll talk about it in a minute, because I do think he is being earnest. I just think that he, I think he's worried that she'll think less of him based on his past, and so he chooses to lie about it. I guess. I don't know. Maybe the monster is just more than the regular part of him, like the toxic masculinity that I assume was Mm -hmm. pumped into him by Mr. and Mrs. Gaston, the king and queen of some far off land i don't understand his genealogy um but maybe it's just like oh well maybe he was nice but then he was this you know what this is james and david's uh personality just smashed together like but them just coming out in different it's like he's being prince charming but at the same time he's also being the evil twin who's just kind of a dick (laughs) random note I hope I didn't get a faraway stare just then. I just saw you shrug, and I was so worried that we were losing our signal again. We Guys, we have so much stress about our signal and our internet. So if we just start, like, drifting, it's because we're doing making hand signals at each other to not stop the recording because we don't want to edit. Exactly. <laughs> Editing's terrible, so we'll just make motions at each other. I'll just start singing at some point. Don't be worried. Perfect. Don't be scared. Don't be alarmed. 
Well, Gaston comes into the picture and he is being contrite. He's being a little sheepish. It's clear he heard Belle's conversation with her dad where he, she's talking smack about him. And props to him, he handles it in the right way. Like he is, he's he's being a little bit like sheepish. He's like, oh, me? Hmm, I know. You probably heard some things about me. It's not true, though. This total guy is just spreading a bunch of rumors about me. Like, so not true. Ugh. Listen, my best friends, Thad, Chad, and Travis, are, like, super mean. So, like, they don't mean it. I mean, I hang out with them, but, like, they are terrible. It's just, okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, guys, red flags. If someone's just like, yes, everyone I know is terrible, except for me, they're also Oh, terrible. yeah. And another another red flag is when uh, a guy is clearly doing a play. Like, this feels like straight out of, like, pickup artist handbooks. Like, oh, you want me to go? Okay, I'll just go. Walk, walk, count one. Two, three, and Bill, Bell, sorry, Bill, Bell falls Bill? for hook, line, and seeker. <laughs> Bill, um, she says, "No, wait, well, we can go on a walk in the woods. Let's go on a walk." So they go on a walk, and they're, you know, they're they're having having some awkward chatting. La 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 la, romance is in the air, quote unquote, until Gaston hears a hears a, a fallen branch or something in the distance. He's like, and he like. He's full on like a wolf, like prowl, sense, hunt. And he's like, I I must go. I will leave you alone in the woods, woman, on our first date. Yeah. Like she's going to go back to her dad and be like, yeah, he just abandoned me so he could go hunt an animal. Yeah. Red flag number a thousand. Uh, He just, he's not protecting her. He's off to conquer something. He's Mm -hmm. off to go and he's just going to leave her. And again, hilariously, Belle is just like, Oh, don't say anything. Sit here and don't move. Okay, well, I'm going to follow behind you shouting. <laughs> Let's go. And also being bad at it. Like, at one point, she fully gets smacked in the face with a branch, and she keeps going. I'm obsessed with it. I'm just I'm just imagining her being crazy pregnant and being like, I need to make it from here to there, and hitting herself in the face with the branch and going, you know what? I'm not doing another take. I will continue going. I cannot walk back there again. My feet are killing me. <laughs> where is my chair my feet like they keep putting me in heels for god knows what reason no if you told me she was on a horse she was probably wearing the heels on purpose like that was the kind of pregnant woman i was i was like i will wear heels i will wear heels and then my feet swelled up to the size of dolphins and went no you will not you will wear none of the shoes you enjoy you will wear slippers like a lunatic forever i see i had the excuse of the pandemic so i Uh, didn't even have to pretend to wear heels because i was never leaving my house oh Oh, that part sounds nice. The pandemic in NYC, on the other hand. Not, not as nice. As not but as nice. Luckily for us, the pandemic was a shared experience. And it's completely over now. So like, oh, yeah, it's, it's over. No over. one's heard of it's over case mm, closed. What? Pandemic? Yeah, I got hey. nothing else to worry about. I'm just in Ohio <laughs> with big smog clouds and derailments and things exploding everywhere. Help. Help, guys, send a chopper. <laughs> Dying. So the couple scenes that happen next in the Enchanted Forest boggle my mind. So Belle comes across Gaston, who has found his prey, and it has fallen into a giant hole because we have so many of them in the forest. It's the deepest hole I've ever seen. I'm like, pretty sure it's the same hole that Snow fell in. 
Like it, but then they like show it and they show the little ogre that's down there and ogres are big. Yeah. So like when they show it, it's like, how far down is this thing? So I don't think they scaled it correctly, but it looked like this hole was 40 feet deep. Yeah. It looked like a well, like this ogre fell down a well. I was like, oh, is this how we're going to find out how Gaston ended up in the underworld because he found a portal to it? Because this looks like a hole someone started digging being like, I will find the other side of the earth. Here we go. Nope. <laughs> no, it's just, it's a hunter's hole. It's not even hidden. It's just a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> that the ogre fell in because, well, the we find out the ogre is basically a preteen i'm not gonna call him a full child but they kind of say that he's a child uh and the cgi woof okay just saying uh so yeah so the ogre has fallen into a hole um and here's where we get our moral of the episode just flat out described to us gaston's like we gotta we gotta torture this thing for information it's a monster Quote, unquote, I'm a monster, blah, blah, blah. And Belle's like, no, I can fix him. I can talk to the ogre. I can figure this out. I just need a book. So what do they do? They leave the ogre in the woods by himself. He doesn't speak their language. He's a child, as Belle has pointed out. And they just leave him there so they can go look at books. That was, they got all the way back to her house. I... I am obsessed with the plan that happens. Okay, so a, a preteen, teenage something ogre has fallen into a hole. We need to figure out why it's there. So instead of like trying to communicate with it via hand signals or anything, we're going to fully leave, go to a second location, pull out a book. Belle finds it immediately. She doesn't even look at the book, by the way. She just goes, I, she's just showing it to Gaston going, I know where I can go here. And I'm going to go there and I'm going to get this thing. And then I'm going to be able to find out if it's good or evil. Not communicate with it. We did not find an item in which we will communicate with this, this, this ogre. We are finding out something that's going to tell its inner story. And then he lets her go do that. And then she leaves to a nondescript location and then just comes back with it. It's it says it was an hour's ride. Okay, so so two hours to go and get this Pier 1 Imports mirror, okay? <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever seen. She pulls this thing out of a bag. It is a mirror that if you sh- shine on somebody, their eyes will reflect as flames if they're evil. Who made this and why did they make it? I want the story. I want to know what it's... Do they tell you what it's called? I think they tell you what it's called. Hold on. Uh, no, they just call it a mirror. And from what I was seeing on the wiki, like people most likely think it's it's a representation of the mirror from Beauty and the Beast that shows you someone's location. You know, you can look at somebody. It's different in this case. And the other one is far better. <laughs> the book is called An Alphabetical Inventory of Magical Antiquities. Of course she has this. This is how she probably knew what everything in Rumpel's house was. She's like, I know this book. Did she rob Rumpel? Well, no, she- I, just, I just think that it was at someone's house and she just showed up and took it. Like this, in any other storyline, 
this would have had its own storyline. This would have been its own episode. Like, we had to get a whole thing with, like, James getting something from a dragon. Like, whenever people need a plot device, when they need a plot item, we see them get it. Belle's just like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's just right over there. We we need to send Belle on every quest because she just goes and gets it off screen and shows back up with it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the efficiency we really need to get into the meat and potatoes of some other stuff. Just send yes, because they're because we definitely want to know more about the meat and potatoes in this episode. One hundred percent. Yeah, and we, I want them important. to. Sh- I want them to show it to me and not talk it at me. <laughs> well, she comes back with the mirror uh, and her dad, and she's like, "Look, this mirror. I can fix things with my books and my kindness and compassion." Because oh, she also has the book, her handsome hero. She talks about it with Gaston, and she offers to give it to him. The the first book her mother ever read her? I'm like, dude, you just flipping met. Okay, so I think I thought about this too because it also drove me nuts. And I was like, why is she trying to give it to him? So I think subconsciously she knew that this man was probably going to be around and she was already sort of being like, oh, I love him. <laughs> Maybe if Belle loves you, you're secretly a monster. Um, But she's like, yeah, but guys, do not loan out books and expect them to come back to you. No. Like that is that is bookworm 101. You loan out a book, you have given it away. They may give it back to you. Do not expect it. Because books get lost, books get loaned again. I have like a book that's out in the world like five people deep now. <laughs> like that's what you want. You want it to have life. That's the greatest thing. So like if you give someone a book, especially listen, I don't want to if you give somebody that you're like kind of dating a book, You've never seen that book again? No. No. No, no, no. I think I kind of realized why she ended up giving it to him. Uh, because she wants to fix him. She can, it's, it's part of her code. She's just like, I must fix the man in front of me. <laughs> I mean, trauma, trauma begets dra- trauma. Like, she has generational trauma from every man in her life. So she's just... That's just her life. That's just her world. I, I'm also. Do we ever see if I'm gonna say this next line and we're gonna get a Facebook post being like Abby, it's, it's, it's Doctor Jekyll. Do we ever meet Belle's mom? Yeah, we did previously. Did we did? Okay, remember she died. Like, we remember talk she... about her. Oh, that's right, she dies. I feel like I feel like she get talked. She got talked about so much in this episode. I kept expecting her to show up. Oh, they couldn't get the actress again, I'm presuming. And I understand that, but, like, why keep talking about her? Because, like, they keep bringing her up not in relation to the book. Like, why couldn't we have just been, like, your mother's somewhere else, and then we don't talk about her this much? I don't know. It drove me nuts. I think it's because there's this, because she died and she was, you know, this perfect angel in Belle's life, and that's how she's represented in the show. That has to be how they continue that through line. And, you know, she softened her dad, you know, because, you know, love softens you. Belle, learn patterns. History is repeating itself with you and your many, many faulted relationships. Just stop trying to fix people. They're fine. I mean, are they kind of monsters? Maybe. It's not your job to put them through a character arc. Damn, girl. Yeah, like... We'll we'll talk about this later, but the whole episode is just Belle and Rumple arguing about how she wants to fix him, and he's saying, "No, this is who I am. Get over it." 
And I'm kind of siding with Rumpel in this, except for the conclusion, which is you should be with me anyway. Just accept yeah. my awfulness. He kind of tricked me too, where I was like, uh oh. Mm. But I, I think I'm not kind of rounding the bases on this one because I'm I'm thinking that Belle wants to be the manic pixie dream girl, but is not a manic pixie dream girl. She's mm-hmm. me as a teenager. Be like, I'm a manic pixie dream girl. No, you're just a dork with a bunch of Harry Potter books. Like, <laughs> you, you, no, you don't listen. The, the music you listen to, everyone knows. Like, come on, girl. Like, your hair is normal. Like, you can't be a manic pixie dream girl. You just have a couple hyper fixations. Calm down. That's what Belle wants. She wants yeah. a man to uproot his whole life because of how cool and edgy and uh, full of life she is and how much of the strokes she listens to. Yeah. And, you know, Garden State. In Garden State. <laughs> Garden State, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, you know, all of those. All right. Well, so Belle shows up with her dad and the army of, like, five guys. Uh, and Gaston, oh, no, he's been attacked. And yeah. the way he was lying down on the ground <laughs> was so bad. I, I don't know this. Dr- <laughs> he, he was, like, he looked like he was, like, in a little cocoon. He's like, ooh. I just can't explain it. It looks like they starched his clothes too much in a sitting position and he fell down. Like he couldn't move. He was just laying there like, because then he also gets up like a crazy person. Like he just gets up and he's like, I'm up. Oops. I got attacked. Does not look attacked. Like he, he could have at least been like sitting, like laying on the ground, family guy style. You know what I mean? Like everything. Yeah. Eh, oh my goodness no he just was like he heard them coming here's what i imagine happening gaston is waiting for them to come back he is sitting up against the tree kind of resting he hears them coming and they're really close so he can't move very quickly and he just slowly lays down (laughs) slowly lays down i was attacked it was such a bloody fight i barely escaped with my life and the ogre got away so Maurice is like, I'll go hunt the ogre. And Gaston's, no, I'll go hunt the ogre. And Belle says, no one hunt the ogre. I have a mirror that says if you're good or bad. Daddy, it says you're good. I don't buy that. I also, yeah, I was just like, I don't trust this mirror. Did no. Belle, did you get the right mirror? Yeah. Uh, and also, what are the standards of this mirror? Yeah. And, you know, evil is subjective. Hello. All right, so they go off to hunt the ogre. Why am I using the Wicked Witch music? Whatever. Well, Zelina does show up later. And they're just about to kill it. Gaston shoots it and gets a little boo-boo. Although the ogre's very, like, torn up altogether, so I don't understand why Belle saw the one injury on the arm and was like, you did that one! <laughs> no, that's from um, falling down a forty-foot hill or hole. I mm. yeah. What are you talking about? And Belle stops it, and she goes to sh- to show the mirror to the ogre. But oh no, Gaston fires into it, and so this was a moment where I wanted something really cool, and I thought it delivered, and then it totally beefed it because as he's shooting the mirror. You see his eyes for a moment, and they're red. And I was like, oh, okay. So I I thought maybe they were doing like a subtle thing of like, that's something just for the audience to see, but Belle doesn't see it. But no, that's we can't do that. 
we can't do that in Once no. Upon a Time Season 5. No. no, this is the spoon feed episode. Here you go. His eyes are red. He monster. He bad. Yeah, because he just yells about how there's going to be a war and there's enemies and we have to just a lot of macho machis like a lot of macho macho man stuff that we're just like whatever toxic masculinity it has no place in in our world or any world it has no place <laughs> there i said it dare world. i say it mm. no, no. i mm. mean and where i think it got it, and here's where i think that they completely biffed it beefed it uh is just the part where they're they don't really like the ogre thing gets away right like the ogre gets away mm-hmm. and then they're talking about there is no conversation about the complexities of war of being like it doesn't matter if he's because like they they tiptoe around it they're like well you know in my mind the jedi are evil kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. where like depending on what side you're on you can be justified there's anti-heroes and stuff so it's like you could show that ogre the mirror and he could be good but he's still gonna kill everybody you know for this undescribed ogre war and what's going on. Because we don't know what's happening. And it's just one of those. No one explains that to Belle. Being like, hey, I know you don't like this. But like, th- they're coming here and they're killing our people. We must defend against that. And if this thing made it over here. It, it's in an active war zone. Like, do, do I like any of this? No, I don't. I, I don't know why we had to introduce literally any of this. But like... Bell's like, I will stop the ogre war. Me and my little mirror that I got from Pier One or Home Goods or somewhere. And it's just like they don't. Like this all gets completely left behind. And then they kind of low key blame Bell for the continuation of the war they're still having. Yes, this is that's a very excellent point. And I think it's perfectly embodied in the fact that Maurice's eyes are not red. Correct. And yet he wants to hunt the ogre and kill the ogre. And also attack the ogres. Like he has every intention of going to war. Because he thinks it's the right thing to do to protect his people. That could very well be the ogre's MO as well. Or the ogre is a child and war is all that that it knows. That they know. So like the fact that Maurice is, that Maurice is seen as a good person. Even though he has these tendencies. Completely disproves Belle's very black and white idea of what good and evil is, a theme that continues to the all the other Bell stuff that we get in this episode. Yeah, and you're also telling me that Bell doesn't somewhere have a book of like ogre translations. Like that right? book doesn't exist within an hour's ride. Like I feel like we'd get more good out of that than we would out of the mirror. But anyway, it turns out Gaston's got got bad in his heart. He does. He got bad in his heart. And but that doesn't matter because Belle done goofed and started a war. Whoopsie doodles. Way to go, Belle. It's all her fault. All her fault. She's Helen of Troy. She has she has let in the Trojan horse. Ah! Damn it. And Maurice, whose eyes are not red, marries her off to a man she hates so that he can get their armies. I I, I again. Again, more complexities of the situation that they're in. Because I do also enjoy, like, I don't know how prevalent this was. Like, again, I I don't know, like, timeline-wise where a lot of them land age-wise. But I enjoy this, like, weird pride and prejudice thing that's going on. 
that doesn't seem to be happening in any of the other storylines. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, to, I must marry my daughter away for... Any time of the we must marry her off is, like, for a clear draw for power. But, like, Belle is living in some footloose town where it's still like, well, I, the dowry will barely pay for anything. It's, it's at this point, a nice pair of shoes, three books, and a fitted sheet. And he's just marrying her off to somebody for some armies. Which is fine, if that had been established... For literally anything else. But. Yeah, Belle is the only one who gets screwed over this much in her relationships. Like, she's she's essentially for married against her engaged against her will to Gaston, and then pretty much against her will, but doing it for sacrifice, she ends up in the employment of Rumpelstiltskin. You know, as a servant in his house forever and ever and ever. Like I will say, looking at this episode as a whole, I think this was all designed to make Rumpel look better in comparison. Because he's being honest about who he is. Gaston is not. Gaston no. is is putting on a facade. Rumpel might be evil, but at least he's upfront about it. Okay. Belle, Listen, just get over it. Red flag one million and ten. <laughs> just because the guy tells you he's a dick doesn't make it better. Him being aware of it is like, because he, uh, we'll talk about the rumble stuff, but yes, the, and, and Gaston kind of has that same thing. And this is also, because I remember you and I kind of were talking about this when the Gaston episode happened earlier when it was the other actor, because Gaston just like appears and then he turns him into a rose and then they like cut him in half and we're like, is he dead? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he Uh, died. He died. He's dead, man. But like. That was enough to be like, oh, maybe marrying Gaston wasn't the worst thing in the world because this, because now we're five seasons in and this guy sucks. No, 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 no. We got to make sure that everyone knows that Belle knows that Gaston's a POS. Yeah. But she also doesn't know she's dead. So we're going to also drop that bomb um, just to make sure that Belle is completely off kilter the entire episode. Yep. Um, she starts. Let's go. Let's go to the underworld. She's gonna pay uh, Mr. Rumpelstiltskin a visit oh because uh, she's she's got her priorities. The priorities being le bebe, le bebe. Uh, yeah, she she goes into the shop and hilariously, I think she thinks she has more of a leg to stand on than she does because she goes in there ready. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Here's what's gonna happen." You are going to fix this and you are going to make your magic light magic or something. I don't really understand her argument here, but she's like, you're going to do something good that I approve of. Um, and then that way we can get the baby back. I would like to also point out that she's known that this baby has existed for 12 hours and everyone keeps talking to her value of this child as the like more important than breathing to her. Like she's barely even had time to process this. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, and- she does it too. Yeah. It, and, like, I, it's I a don't zygote like right now. Yeah. I don't like this because as a person who has carried a child, especially early terms, especially when you first find out, it doesn't feel like I am carrying life. I am, oh, this is it. The lineage. It's just a, oh, okay. It's a little bit different, but I don't think I would have been like, I don't know, within the first 12 hours at least. We'll put it that way. I don't know if I'd have been swinging swords and suddenly making deals with people not planning and not sleeping because like 
again, she just found out. She has not even had time to... This was not even a child she prepared for. It's not like she's like, yay, I'm pregnant. This is what I've been waiting for. She just, like, they oopsie. They oops this kid into existence. And I was like, this is the only thing that matters to you. So I just came up with an idea that I think would have made this storyline an iota better. Okay. Hear me out. What if the... We get the whole thing where Rumpel finds out Belle is pregnant from Hades and all this stuff. And, th- and they're cagey about showing Belle because the actress is actually pregnant. And then she ends up getting sucked in to the underworld and she's seven months pregnant, just like the actress is, because time moves differently in the real world than it does in the underworld. Because pres- you would presume that that would happen because... It would everything would go slower because you, you want the torture to go out as, fa- as 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 long and drawn out as possible. So you have it that Belle already knows she's pregnant, has an attachment to the child, and then she finds out that the that the child is owed to someone else, and the timeline is a lot smaller now. It's not a nine month window; it is now like a two month window that she has to save this baby. And then you could actually have the actress who is pregnant b- just be pregnant. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. I can see it too. You do the inception time dilation. Like we've gone down too many layers. Now it's time's moving at a whole different weird pace and blah, 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 the whole thing. But then, yeah, it's a, I've built, I've named this child. This child in my head has a name. I've built a, a nursery for him or her i've done this whole thing i've i've learned to knit i've made this thing like the child has possessions before the child has come out so like that would make sense i just to me i'm so cognizant of the fact that she like fell into the underworld 12 hours ago found out she's pregnant and is already on like fix rumples screw-ups because like i don't know i feel like finding out that you've had a kid and then almost immediately I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering the last episode correctly, she finds out in the same sentence that the baby does not belong to her. Mm-hmm. She should be like madder about that and madder. Because they keep also, they're very flippant about using the phrase, that baby is mine. I'm here for the baby. Please sell me the baby. I'm like, can we knock it off? Like it makes my skin crawl. I don't like any of this selling our babies conversation the way that they're talking about it. And it makes it makes me ill. Yeah, and the thing that makes me ill, because yes, agree to all that. Uh, and the only note I'll add to it is it also makes it gross that the moment she's pregnant, even though she's she probably hasn't even skipped a period yet, she probably she didn't know she was pregnant. Like she has not taken she's, a pregnancy she test. She is probably yeah. She's probably before the 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 one step, the first response. You know where you like before a skipped period, like it, it just happened. Yeah, yeah, she's had implantation. Like, she's had implantation, and that's it. And the moment that that happens, even though it was unplanned, it's with somebody she isn't sure if she loves or hates them, she is all about this child. She no longer matters, even though, like, she could have a chemical pregnancy at any time, and it would just be like, like if she had a chemical pregnancy, she would have never known she was pregnant, probably. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can tell this episode's written by a man because 
men assume like this is the kind of writing of women, pregnant women, pregnant people that men do. I'm pregnant. I know what the I know the sex of the baby before I even before I even see it because I just know women's intuition. Like I'll just let you. I was wrong. I was way wrong. I was like, it's a girl. I can picture my my husband with a little baby girl. Like no, no, it's a boy. I can hear him being a chaos monster on the other side of this wall right now. Um, I I knew I was having a boy. I could just tell. I I I did. I well, did have an intuition have, that like, I was. Yeah. Well, and then you have, and I know that you you the COVID COVID took this delightful thing from you uh, because when I would exist in the world, random fifty to eighty year old women would just walk o- up to me when I was like, you know, big with child, uh, and it was just a oh you're having a girl you're carrying this way or oh it's that's why your skin is so dewy i'm like my skin isn't dewy i have been sweating since 6 30 this morning from simply (laughs) existing i'm sweating but i'm cold all the time also it's a nightmare so it's like you just get that stuff where it's like oh you're carrying this way or that's why your hair is falling out or that's why you're this and i'm like i'm miserable all the time because i am pregnant with a person (laughs) it does not matter what gender this child is sex this child is and so, like, again, and you're right, because this is written by a man where it's like, oh, once you find out you're pregnant, you're pregnant forever. Like, you're yeah. pregnant until you have the baby. You are like, mom. You are in mom mode now. You are mom. You are mom. You know your mom. And you're not, like, you know, you, you're not now racked with absolute anxiety until week 12 and then probably longer. So, mm-hmm. like, it's just... And I know they're not going to get into that. This is fairy tale world. Once you you've decided to be pregnant, you're pregnant, and it, everything's happy and sunshine and roses. Hooray! We love this. But again, this part exists outside of reality. And if the point of this show was fairy tale characters existing in the real world, I don't know how dark we want to get. But I mean, like there should be a little bit more of the real world implication laying on that. And then I'm done ranting. I will get off my little soapbox. <laughs> Um, well, meanwhile, while they're talking about trying to save the child, Hades, who cannot close his damn mouth for whatever reason. You pointed that out to me and I couldn't stop noticing it. <laughs> I lost my mind. The moment he showed up, I'm like, oh my God, his mouth is open like it's broken. And it's only his lower teeth. You can only see the lower teeth. That's the yeah, weird part. It's so bizarre. It's like he juts out the, the teeth. He's doing he's it like, on mm. purpose. Like he's... It's not a casual slack draw. Mm-hmm. It is him purposely trying to like have some sort of like pained expression, pout, like yeah. pained pouty expression, and it's just like I I like the guy. That's not the look. No. And he finds a flower growing. Oh no! This is bitch. bad. So uh, he enlists some help uh, to uh, rectify the situation. Uh, yeah, he goes and finds Gaston at a dog pound. Where is it's he? It's the Storybrooke dog shelter from like season one that but it's like David worked at. Terrible. Like it's the if if this shelter was a kill shelter and covered in chain link fence and also really dirty. Yeah, and the dogs all get like slop from a slop bucket. Because again, why are there dogs down here? Dogs don't have unfinished business. This is all do- this is all dogs imp- go to heaven. Demon infuriating, dogs infuriating. Mm-hmm. So he's there, and he's just he. You can tell that he's got a big dog, uh, because he's got the biggest bull that he's just like meh meh, 
and he just shows up and I love that at no point like I I don't they never really kind of give you information about how much Gaston knows because he's just he knows Hades Mm -hmm. he's like hey what are you doing here and then Hades is just like, I have a, pr- a problem and a specific set of skills and blah, 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 blah. But, like, why does Gaston think that he's in that town that is very different than the world he lived in? Is he aware of the connection to Belle? I, I will never understand why some people from the Enchanted Forest change their clothes and why some don't. And why all of them are fine living in a 21st century town filled with things they've never experienced before. Welcome to hell. Here's your cell phone. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Nokia. Yeah, exactly. I guess. Basically, so Hades is just like, there's daisies growing here. The happiest of the little flowers. And it's so angry. And then his hair gets blue for a second. And they do a wide shot to make it look cooler. And it somehow looks worse. Um... And Gaston is just standing there. I'm obsessed with the fact that Gaston is not phased by anything. He's like, ugh, ugh, eh. Like, listen, Rumple is here. <laughs> Rumple is here. And Gaston is like, finally, Rumple Skillson is dead. He goes, no, he's not. But I need you to kill him. So I'm going to give you these fancy arrows that were forged in the River of Souls. And they're red and they're fancy. And I just need you to kill him. Okay? You kill him and you'll be fine. Gaston's like, awesome, neat, fantastic. So then he goes and tries to kill Rumpel, but like Rumpel is leaving, is following Belle out of the shop because he was just like, listen, you can't do light magic with dark magic. It's just not how it works. And you're an idiot for thinking so. Why are you mad? I'm right. Why are you booing? I'm correct. And she leaves. She's like, this is stupid. And leaves. And so he's coming out and then Gaston like tries to shoot him and he catches it and he looks at it. He tells you where it's from. And Belle's like, oh my God, Gaston, you're dead. It's like, yeah, Rumple killed me. She was already mad at him. Now she's madder. You did what? I was annoyed, though not surprised, because, you know, this has to happen in the story. He had a clean shot. Rumple's coming out had no idea he was there. He actually fired twice. The first one completely missed. Oh, so mad about it. And then he fired one that Rumple caught. Like... You, the moment Rumple knows you're there, you can't fire at him anymore. You have to have, it's a hunt. You have to hunt him. You're just out in the open in the street. Yeah. Like an idiot. He's, he's, we, we have already explained that he is a master hunter, even though we have seen no proof of this. <laughs> he kind of sucks. Uh, but like, I would even see it if there were, would have been three shots. Like, cause it, it would have made sense if there were three shots. Do the one to distract him. So he knows you're there. Because he would want him to know that he'd want, been the one that shot him. Because he also doesn't know what these arrows are going to do. He's just like, these are enchanted. Is he going to die instantaneously? I want him to know it was me. <laughs> Tell Rumple it was me. I want him to know. <laughs> like, shoot the one. Do the Hawkeye thing. Oh, you missed. I didn't miss. I was distracting you. Shoot the one that he catches. And as he's catching it, you load another one and shoot it at him. Because he's already right here. He's, he's got the arrow in front of his face. He, what is he going to do? Catch a second one? No. Katniss Everdeen that shit. Come on. So he catches it and then Rumble's like, nope, got to go. And then as he's shooting the third one, they disappear. Takes him. I was, I was waiting for it to be like the Dobby thing from Harry Potter where it's like, didn't quite get through the portal, but the arrow still made it. That'd have been cool. <laughs> 
Uh, so he gets through and Bill's like, I can't talk to you anymore. And she leaves. And she goes and tries to talk to Hades. No, no, she goes, she goes to. Oh, she goes to Gaston. Like her and Rumple go to like rob Gaston. Yeah, because to get she, yeah, they go to the, the, the pet, the pet place to figure out what his unfinished business is. They'll find it in his work locker. In his work locker. The only Before one that's I keep labeled. all my unfinished business. Whenever I have a work locker, that's where I put it in. And and then this is where we get the, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl moment, the main character energy moment, where it's like, oh my god, he has the book. It's so well read. It. It's, he's read it so many times. I'm his unfinished business. It's me. Mm. He's still in love with me. Oh my god. I will say I love the exchange where like she was like, Rumple, get open this for me. And he's like, no, I'm not opening that thing. That's his stuff. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. You'll do cold hard murder, but I can't get into a locker. Rules for thee, but not for me. Get out of here. Open this locker. Uh, well, no, because yeah. he, no, he's calling her out saying, I have to use dark magic. And also you'd be breaking the law by vandalizing. So she's, it's more just like, he's, he's being oh. dick. Oh, 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 I can't murder a bunch of people, but you can go 55 and a 45. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she has, so she finds the book i would also like to point out that i really liked like they wanted bell to be like mindlessly searching but there was only like two things in that locker so when she finally does stumble upon the book she's like feeling it with the top parts of her palm it was so strange the way she was interacting with the locker yes main character moment he's in love with me i'll go talk to him because he's still in love with me mm-hmm. oh, what her- fix everything don't know what her plan was um so her she goes and she 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 pulls a fake out she this is a very very convincing plan (laughs) this was like the silly one of the silliest things the show has done in a long time i i genuinely think yes bell was taken from her home very early and stunted a little bit uh, because again, she's reading a bunch of books. So then she has some sort of like Dennis the Menace. <laughs> <laughs> she sets up a mannequin with a cloak in a dark room that Gaston then shoots. And then she just like appears. Wow, I didn't think you'd have the stones to do it. And he's and he's like, of course I would. Bah, bah, bah. Ah, you've ruined everything again. Again. Ah. And she's like, look, I know you brought my book. He's like, you broke into my locker? I... I love the obsession with that, too. It was like, I looked in your work locker. Oh, my God. That's where I keep my unfinished business. How dare you? (laughs) And she's like, no, I I saw that you have my book, which means you're still in love with me. And he goes, I can't get rid of that that goddamn book. It keeps following me. I keep throwing it away. I set it on fire. I strapped it to a, a, a concrete block and put it at the bottom of the river. And it just keeps showing up. It won't leave me alone. It keeps telling me what my unfinished business was. And it's killing your... She's like, you can't kill Wimple. He's my husband. And he goes, oh my god. And he, it's just like it, it all dawns on him. All the books. And I'm also going to guess my handsome hero is kind of like... I would love if the book her mom gave her was like wildly out of pocket to be giving... <laughs> Because he makes a comment, he's like, oh, it's a, one of those romance books. And he, she's like, no, 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 it's not like that. It's wonderful. I would love, again, if My Handsome Hero was written by Katie Robert and had dragons in it. Like, it's just <laughs> Dra- the compilation dra- just of... Full-on dra- dragonkin and things happen. 
Exactly. Like, Bell, her the the bags that Belle carries constantly have Ice Planet Barbarian books in them. Like, that is just how she rolls. So, Gaston, who has read this book a thousand times, mostly because he probably was just, like, always appearing near him. He's like, of course you married Rumple. You love monsters. And I'm going to kink shame. How dare you? She's like, okay, so not only have you insulted me, but you're also not in love with me? Rude. <laughs> so then, like, she ends up having a conversation with Hades. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to be so awesome. And it's not working. She's trying to give mob boss wife. Yeah, but I can't tell if the show is aware that it's not working. I think in the show's mind, it is working. Also, Hades whispers this entire exchange, and I wanted to rip my AirPods out of my head. I was like, (laughs) stop whispering. I can't deal with it. And he basically, he's like, let's make a deal. And she says, no, I married a man who makes deals. I know how this goes. And he's like, anyway, we're going to do it. So you can have your baby if... And he, he said, she's an, he says it so clearly. It's not even like it's a bait and switch. He says, I want Gaston and Rumple to fight and for one of them to throw the other into the river. When that happens, you are out of that contract and you are free to have your baby. And she says, cool. Awesome. I definitely understand these rules. Do, 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 do. And goes out to tell this to Rumple. And then Rumple's going to try to, like, kill Gaston because Gaston was, like, laying in wait. And then Belle has, like, a Uno reverse card in the form of the dagger. And she's like, no, I command you not to kill him. Because Rumple's like, oh, I'm just going to throw him in in the river now. Because he's like, I want to change for you. I loved this line. I want to change for you. Not right now. I'm first going to murder this man so you can have your baby back. Which, to be fair, the most fatherly thing he's done so far. Although I have to wonder if 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 the the contract would have been honored, like if Hades would have been like, no, nah, you weren't supposed to like tell people, like. Well, wonder, and that would have been wonder the other if, switch. Yeah, like that could have that could have actually been a more interesting bait and switch, but instead we get this, and yeah, like yeah, instead of instead of Bell baiting them into a fight with like a pointy stick in a crowded room, um, she does that. Gaston gets out of it, and then he tries to like attack Rumple, and Belle reacts with all of the motherly instincts she's now gained in the last 12 hours and just body checks him into the river. Yep. First of all, 10 out of 10 move. Like, that's that's the that's the mom stop. That's the soccer mom stop where, like, you put your arm in front of somebody. Like, she just, she's saving, she's saving who she loves. And uh, Gaston told her she sucked earlier, so, like, she's not going to save him. But she also reacted and she ended up putting him in the river. This is why we don't play near the river, guys. <laughs> and she's like, good, I fulfilled the bargain. No, you, you, you silly, silly little thing. No, you haven't. And Jesus is like, you absolutely didn't do anything that I just told you. You just put, he's like, that was cool though. He's, he was like, props. literally all you were supposed to do was stay out of it. And you did yeah. the opposite. Which is weird. Like they're definitely trying to make a parallel to this with the whole ogres thing. And I'm very uncomfortable with that because yeah. is that supposed to lead us to the impression that Maurice was right, that she did cause the war? Every single man ever is telling her that she's wrong and she did the wrong thing. Like, I, 
I just need like Regina nearby to be like, that was fine. <laughs> You're fine. You like, again, this is, this is the part of the show in which they started drawing really clear lines of like, good people murder no one. Even though the first episode, good people murdered lots of people. So, like, Belle does this as a reactionary to save somebody. Like, she's in an honest-to-goodness fight, except she reacts fast enough and takes a person out. And now it's, oh, I did a murder. Well, not really a murder, but, you know, it's up there with the Emma thing and Cruella. It's like, did you? Like, you're reacting to a situation. I think it's probably yeah. fine. You're still a hero. Yeah. I also... I find it interesting that so far, two out of two of the people connected to Rumpelstiltskin are the only ones who didn't get closure, even though both of them could very well deserve it, or do deserve it. Every character does. If... And... Every other character has gone to heaven. Like, I'm sorry. The fact that a man who doomed an entire ship of sailors to damnation, uh, he got to go to heaven with the sailors, and yet Gaston is sent is 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 now lost for an eternity in this river of damnation. I don't know why the show has decided that all the characters connected to Rumple like get taken out that way. Yeah, they, they like you can think what you want about Gaston, but he was straight up murdered for Rumple's selfishness and so was Mia. Like yeah. like there's there they they were people who did not die based on their fate. They were they died at his hand because he was selfish and cruel and awful. So now they have to suffer even more. And you're right. Like, it's... This isn't... It's, it's not the vibe. Um, and yet Belle kisses him. Ugh. And they hold each other. Ugh. And it's... At the end, it seems like... Is she with him? Is she not with him? I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Meanwhile, at the gravesite... Meanwhile, in Emma Swan's dream, Emma's, they're like waiting, they're waiting on a roof and like Hook turns like, what's going on? Emma's like fully asleep. Uh, She has a dream uh, shot for shot. And I won't explain it a second time, but shot for shot is basically she has an idea that she's going to like, what if we just, I love this idea. It's such a big brain move. What if we just erase the names? Have we ever considered erasing the names? From the headstones, so, so, so get a sharpie, cross it out, write Hades on top of it. Hello, nah, nah, nah. and then just right below, nah, 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 nah. yeah, it's just. And then we drew a picture, and it's us. It's it's Cerberus pooping on Hades. I <laughs> got him. Um, but so she's gonna do that, and then Hook says, "My listen, this is hands down my favorite line." Oh, any sailor worth his salt knows when a storm's coming. There's an active tornado coming towards them. I'm like. Good looking out. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> job. They run. The storm is over almost immediately. And then what? it's a... I, I For the storm, I have to point out this very one random thing about how the... I, 
the representation of the storm on screen was a wind machine and one branch being thrown at the mausoleum. Yeah. <laughs> you just see the one branch and it goes thunk. And it's like, there, we have a storm. Yeah, good, there's good a storm. job. Good job, props team. Good job. There was good there was more of a storm outside today while it was sunny. Like it was just, it's called, wait for it, being windy. Um, <laughs> and so it's, oh, well, that storm was over really quick. And it's like, oh, wait, what is that sound? And snow goes, I will go see what it is. And then snow is piledrived by some sort of monster. And Emma wakes up. And then Hook says this line, hey, why are you acting so strange? You haven't slept in probably 126 hours. Are you okay? She's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't. It's important that we don't read too much into this. So, like, it's fine. So, two thoughts for this. One, this was the opening scene, the dream sequence. And it actually gave me hope for the episode because it was it was shot a little bit differently. They were doing some weird camera stuff. I was like, oh, we're getting some kind of interesting, cool, and new angle thing that we're doing with this episode, which turned out not to be the case. And then the other point, I forgot what huh. it is. Maybe I'll remember it later. I had was two about, points and I forgot was it one. about Emma's hair because fire. It was not about Emma's hair, but Emma's hair is fantastic in this episode. I love the idea of the woman doing, like, or the person doing Emma's hair and just be like, oh my gosh, I've never done a better job. Okay, well, she's going to go through the wind machine twice. No! (laughs) (laughs) No, my beautiful work. Uh, So then they meet up with everybody Mm -hmm. just to then everyone split up. Uh... Emma is like, oh, I have an idea about wiping all the names off the gravestone. It came to me in a dream. Let me bring everyone that was with me in the dream and barely put up a fight about it. And I That's the and, other point I was going to make is okay. that for some reason, Emma never communicates things to people. Like this is an episode where she leaves out the most vital information at every opportunity. Like, Snow's like, I'll come with. And Emma says, no. And then David's like, don't don't argue with your mother. And Emma's... Not in our family. Our family like, doesn't walk away. I saw this in a vi- in my same vision. You died. I don't want to risk your life. Problem solved. Like, there's no reason for us to get a reveal two-thirds in the episode of, there's something I didn't tell you. In the dream, yeah. you died. Literally, the Great whole- timing. Literally, like, all they had to do was, like, as they were walking, okay, here was my dream. I saw that happening. But then this weird stuff started happening. There was this really short storm. Hook noticed it. And then my mom got attacked. Okay, cool. Let's not do any of those things. Mm -hmm. Let's maybe wait for a sunny day. I don't know. And so they go. And then also Regina has decided that uh, she's going to go talk to Zelina because Mm -hmm. she knows that they have a past. So they go to that. Um, where does David go? He goes nowhere. He goes he's, nowhere. He's not cool. in the re- He is nowhere to be found for the rest of the episode. Yeah, he ain't going anywhere. Uh, and and Robin is, as later described, just deep in the woods with a baby. And no, don't worry, no one will. F- Hades can't find him in the woods that he owns. Uh, whatever. So <laughs> we'll just start. We'll go with Regina first. So Regina goes to talk to Zelina, and is just like, "Hey, don't worry." Robin's deep in the woods. No one will ever find him. Not even me. And they have like a, it's a quick conversation 
But Regina's just like, what's his weakness? And in proper main character energy, Zelina goes, it's me. <laughs> ooh, ooh. He, had, he, he went green and, uh, I can't think of a rhyme. And now he, he'll never be mean. No, that didn't work. So, like, that's all it was. Like, it was a, hey, now I know that you, like, we had a thing. And I'm his weakness. We rode on a bike, and now we're in love forever. Yeah, I rode on a bicycle. Bicycles are magical. Regina, what? A what? Like a regular bike? Or like a... What? Meanwhile, in the cemetery, Emma's dream comes to fruition point by point, and she's just like giving out breadcrumbs of this happened. Oh, also, and you said that, and that, and that. And then so like behind the like thing, they have this like weird conversation where it's, uh, Emma, why are you acting like this? Well, in your my dream, you died. And Snow's like, okay, well, maybe it was just like, Hey, maybe be careful. Maybe I won't really die. But also, like, me? No, I don't stay behind here. I leap, then look. I don't make a lot of planning. I'm Snow White. I got a, I got arrows strapped to my back. Let's go. Not in my family. And she's like, I'm sorry I brought everybody here. And, and Oak's like, well, you saved me, so, like, thank you. And she's like, yeah, but I should have brought everybody with me. And Snow goes, I'm sorry, we are all full adults with agency. We chose to come here. How dare you? Like, I because you wanted to, to be in the rest of season five. Yeah, I wanted to be in the rest of season five. I got on that boat. Now I'm just kind of mad that it's taking so long because you told me it was only going to be a couple of minutes. And turns out you didn't know. So let's just go deal with this monster so I can get home to my son. I want to get home to my son. Um, and sh- they go out. The monster is out there. But we find the monster. We don't kill the monster. We find the monster. The monster's not doing great. The monster is a werewolf. The monster is red. Ah, she came in on a cyclone. She came in on a cyclone. Uh, the end. And that's it. That's the episode. That is that's season five. Episode. episode 17. Her handsome hero. This was this was not a good one. It. I didn't like the directions that it took. I didn't like whatever ending message we were supposed to get because it was so badly done and the whole crux it was so many disjointed storylines leading to this ruby reveal at the very end of the episode which is cool like i love ruby yay and we're getting the ruby slippers episode next week hooray uh although that'll be quite interesting to talk about given all the infamy of once upon a time I look forward to our retrospective on this episode. This will be a lot to unpack next week. Make popcorn. Yeah, I'm just... I remember when I first watched Once Upon a Time, I loved the Belle and Rumpel storylines. I'm like, give me more of it. Now, whenever I see that it's a Belle storyline, because it's, you know, Belle and Rumpel, I'm like, oh, God. Here we go again. Because... Watching it now with the perspective that I have, it's painful to me and I don't care for it. And I, I know there are people who do. That's fine. You know, I, I, I enjoy stories that are, you know, less than ideal in, in, in those kind of situations. But 
this is just bad for me. I don't like it. Yeah. And I, I do think that that comes with a rewatching. Cause there's a lot of times where like you, you dig through something the first time and you just get kind of that surface level impression of it. And you are just like, yeah, that was fine. I had a great time. But then you read it or watch it or do whatever, interact with a piece of media a number of times because like a good little millennial, you rewatch and reread everything. You start seeing some of the other stuff and you're like, wait a minute, because you've slowed down. You're taking in all the words. You're not speed reading it, trying to get through it at three o'clock in the morning. And you're like, wait a minute, this is unhealthy. I, I'll just speak in, in general terms. This is a, the Twilight effect where it's like, I remember reading Twilight and I remember being like, I like this. This is fun. This is, I mean, they're not great people, but this is a fun little love story. And then you read it again. You're like, no, these people are definitely not great people. And this love story is terrible. <laughs> this <laughs> is a mess, an absolute straight up mess and awful. Uh, but I'll, I keep rereading it. And I've definitely, I, I feel like I rewatched the entire Twilight series once a year on accident. Like, it's just a, I should watch Twilight. And then I do. It's, I don't know. It's, I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> I do that with the Hunger Games. I did rewatch Hunger Games for the first time in a long time the other day. Uh, like, and I say the other day, like a couple weeks ago. I think it was like on Amazon Prime or something. I'm like, okay. And there's some like new prequel series coming out. Yeah. So they've been pushing yeah. some of that a lot more. Uh that was an interesting rewatch because I have I watched those in the theaters and never watched them again. Oh, I've seen them a bunch of times. I was a big fan of the books. See, I read the books. I like the books. I did not like the my first watch of the movies. I didn't care for just because I, oh, I, I feel like them. Katniss's inner thoughts are the most important parts of the That's books. That's fair. Yeah, but I thought Jennifer Lawrence did a good job. Like, and and I found it very fascinating watching it with through the lens of like what new like modern like tiktok aesthetic and fashion is like because i was like oh like there's just like the capital is just real now <laughs> oh because a lot 100%. of the fashions like the hyper futuristic fashions and stuff in capital are just like a thing now susan collins 100 pulled 100 pulled tiktok from mm-hmm. like the cap she predicted all of that stuff and uh, also the current world in which we live in which mm-hmm. was a very strange and unsettling thing to watch because like i said i watched it a couple of weeks ago and i'm like oh Oh, <laughs> uh oh. Anyway, well, anyway, well, thank you to everybody for joining us for this latest episode of Once Upon a Timing. Uh, I know that recently uh, there were some issues with our, our Apple Podcast updates. I'm happy to report it's all been fixed. I mean, hopefully you're hearing it by now on Apple Podcasts. Uh, so we want to thank all of you for your love and support. We want to thank our patrons, especially our Swan Queen level patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to new, new, wonderful Swan Queen, Claudia Bradamante. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash Timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, wherever you get those podcasts. Uh, you can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash OUA timing. And we're going to be back next week with season five, episode 18, Ruby Slippers. And Abby, I think that's just going to, that one's going to be like a tight 30 minutes. Like I know. Tight 30 minutes. Yeah. Easy. I don't, I don't see, I don't see a lot of discourse coming out of, out of, out of that one. No. Looking back at this no. through a 2023 lens will definitely be the same. Nothing yeah, has changed. I, mm, um, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Not a single thing. 
<laughs> well, thank you everyone for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week. Thank you.